You're listening to On the Road, Our Way, the archive of the podcast formerly known as Women on the Road from 2017 to 2020, hosted and produced by Laura Borshevsky and a production of Rabble Media. If you haven't heard the news, we're really excited to share that we're hosting a Women on the Road campout October 4th through 6th near Moab, Utah, which is our second annual in-person outdoor weekend event for women and female identifying individuals interested in road travel, and we'd love to see you there. Tickets will be going on sale in the next few weeks, so to stay in the loop and be the first to know when they do, as well as hear more about programming and all other things campout related, head to womenontheroadpodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter. We can't wait to tell you all about it and look forward to seeing everyone in the desert this fall. This episode of Women on the Road is brought to you by Benchmark Maps. Summer is a great time to get out there on the road, but sometimes it can be tough to decide what route to take. With Benchmark Maps, any road is the right one. They make detailed road and recreation atlases for each of the western states, plus Texas. And they're field checked for accuracy, as they have been for the last 23 years. So if you have your sight set on a road in the California High Sierra, you can have confidence that you'll get there, because Benchmark Maps has been there too. Find their printed atlases and maps at your favorite outdoor stores. And if you order online at www.benchmarkmaps.com, use coupon code WOMENONTHEROAD for 20% off your order. Living on the road can be dirty, so when I pull up to a camp spot, I look for a place to create an outdoor living space, definitely starting with laying down a rug so that everything I own isn't sitting in sand or mud or some other kind of dirt. Infinity Luxury Woven Vinyl Flooring is a versatile product that delivers durability, style, and rugged performance to their area rugs and flooring for outfitting any setting, which is great news for those of us who are continually on the move. Every woven flooring and rug is antimicrobial, pet-friendly, soil, mildew, mold, and stain-resistant and can be used for indoor or outdoor use. So it goes where you go. And when you go a lot of places, you want something that can stand up to the challenge. Whether it's a spilled smoothie from a cup you left unattended before hitting the gas or an unexpectedly muddy camp spot, you'll be able to clean up your rug or flooring with soap and water and can take a handheld vacuum or mop to them easily. Because let's be honest, you didn't hit the road to be doing household level cleaning every day. You've got places to go. To see the beautiful Infinity Luxury Woven Vinyl Flooring styles that would complement any camper or campsite, visit infinitylwv.com. That's infinitylwv.com. I've climbed the mountains in Montana Danced in the lights of New Orleans Portland ran away with me And San Francisco stayed with me Nashville made its way in between I'm Laura Hughes And you're listening to Women on the Road, a podcast to bring you closer to some of the honest experiences that life on the road has to offer from the perspective of women who've lived them firsthand. If you don't know, that beautiful song at the top of our episode is by Ira Wolf, a traveling singer-songwriter. And if you don't know me, I'm kind of a fangirl of her music. Strike that, I am a total fangirl of her music, and have been ever since I started following my road travel ambitions a handful of years ago. So when I heard that Ira was unexpectedly coming down from where she'd been traveling in Alaska to play at the same festival I was going to earlier this summer, the Telluride Bluegrass Festival, I was pretty dang excited. But what got me really pumped was the reason Ira was making the journey to the festival in the first place. She was in a competition. There's this event at Telluride called the Troubadour Contest, and it's basically a songwriting contest where you can submit songs to Planet Bluegrass, and they are the folks who host Telluride and Rocky Mountain Folks Fest and Rocky Grass Festival. And at these festivals, they bring in songwriters. They pick 10 from all the submissions, 
And then they bring you to the festival to compete for prizes and money and you know, some exposure at the festival. And I kind of had forgotten that I applied to Telluride this year. So we had already scheduled everything in Alaska to be up here for about three weeks. And then I got the news that I had made it as a finalist into the Troubadour contest. And so we kind of had to rearrange some things. And I, yeah, spontaneously flew down just for the weekend to participate and then came back up straight after to finish out the tour in Alaska. Now, I was being pretty humble here. The Troubadour competition began with over 300 applicants, and the top 10 were invited to come out and perform live in Telluride. By the time I saw her, she had made her way to the final round. So, of course, I made my way to the stage she was performing at when the time came, cheered her on, and cornered her about doing an interview for the show when all was said and done. We won't leave you wondering. I replaced second. But as you'll hear in this episode, coming to Telluride was about a lot more than taking first place. In part, it was about challenging herself to find her words. Even though Ira was camperless while she spent her short weekend in Colorado, she typically travels in her rolling home most months of the year. I'll let her tell you all about it. I live in a 1988 Volkswagen Westie. It's like a full camper, and her name is Ruby. (laughs) And I've been pretty much full-time on the road for about three years in the Westie, but I've been touring full-time for about five years. And at this point, I now kind of spend on average about nine months on the road straight and then I kind of take my winters off of music but I'm still usually traveling during that time so even if I'm not in the van or on the road I'm usually like overseas or doing something else not in a house I guess. I really like that balance of taking some time to just reset and do something different especially because road travel is a lot more complicated when you start thinking about travel abroad. So instead of like shipping your van somewhere, which can be kind of expensive, you just like take little chunks of time every year to go outside of North America. (laughs) Yeah, I think it helps the burnout that I think so many people experience that I've definitely experienced. Kind of changing it up keeps things new and exciting and makes me want to stay on the road and want to keep doing music when I am doing it. Yeah, definitely. What got you into music in the first place? Like, how long have you been playing? I mean, I've always loved music from my very youngest memories. My mom always said that I sang before I talked. And I can't ever remember a time when I didn't have this goal or this dream of making music my entire life. So when I was really little, I started playing piano around five years old. And then started doing vocal coaching when I was like probably 11 or 12 maybe and I did clarinet and I played percussion in the band and I got into guitar I started teaching myself guitar in high school when I was about 16 I think and then from there you know took me to college where I studied opera at first for the first few years and then transferred to a different school And started getting into songwriting and thinking about doing a little bit more modern style music because I had been studying classical for so much of my life. So I guess, yeah, I can't really ever determine like a point when music became my thing because it's just kind of always been there. That sounds really comforting when you say that. And I love that you've tried so many different instruments, too, and really found, yeah, something that works for you. It is comforting. I've, I've noticed, especially as I get older, that I think a lot of people don't necessarily 
grow up with this ingrained passion for something. And so I feel really fortunate to have had something that I kind of just knew I wanted my entire life. There was never any question about, you know, what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I think that's a lucky thing. So when did you decide to hit the road and what made you decide that that was going to be the best thing for you so that you could play and go on tour and create music? It was kind of a series of, of steps, I guess. In the very beginning, it kind of started with me dropping out of college. Like I said, I transferred to this private music school in Boston that was just kind of a dream come true, but I really quickly ran out of money and ended up moving back to Montana where I grew up. And while I was there, I kind of started getting into songwriting a little more than I ever had and having this idea that maybe I could do something as a songwriter and not just a singer. And so I put a band together in Missoula and we started playing a little bit. And I just found that the music scene in Montana at that time wasn't really what I was hoping for, that people weren't as invested, I guess as I thought that I was. For a lot of the people that I was playing with, it was kind of like a fun side thing for their college experience. But for me, it was my whole goal at the time. And so I decided to leave Montana and go somewhere where music was kind of more of a focus for everyone I would be surrounded by. And I wasn't sure where that place would be, but I kind of narrowed it down to Nashville or Portland, Oregon. And I had a really hard time choosing. So I ended up flipping a coin and it landed on Nashville. And so I pretty spontaneously just drove to Nashville. And then after being there for about nine months, I want to say, I had been working as a nanny when I moved there and was really just not feeling like I was doing what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, I really enjoyed the families I was working with, but that wasn't the reason that I was in Nashville. And I was kind of having that conversation with a friend of mine, and he was feeling similarly that, you know, we'd both moved to Nashville at the same time, and he didn't think he was experiencing what he wanted to, and he wasn't doing music full-time. And we just kind of came up with this, what we thought at the time was a wild idea of calling random venues around the country and asking if we could play a show there, and then just going on tour and seeing what would happen. And we kind of just set up this, I think it was a month-long tour the first time out on the East Coast, and we just gave it all we had and went out on the road and played shows and somehow ended up making enough money to survive, and I guess I just fell into doing that because I knew if I kept staying on the road, I could keep getting by with music, and that was kind of the whole goal. Yeah. And I love hearing that like those two blended together really well and like traveling and being on the road supported the music and vice versa. And I know that Ruby, the man eventually came into your life, but what were you traveling in initially? So there's been a few different vehicles. In the very beginning with my friend, we were using his Scion, which was very small. And then when I eventually started touring by myself, I was in a Buick rendezvous which was my first like big purchase of my life where I took out a loan and bought this vehicle that I knew could get me around and I knew I could sleep in if I needed to and I traveled in that for about two years I think before I got into actual van life with Ruby. 
Nice. And how did you come across Ruby? Because I know that she has a cute little story of how you both spent some time together and then kind of found each other again. I had kind of always loved the look and the like vibe and the community of Westies. My friend Madison Perrins, she did a trip down to South America in a Westie. And that was this really big inspiration for me. She worked with this company called Go Westie. And they're based out of Los Osos, California. And they had sponsored this trip for her. And so I kind of just reached out to them and I said, you know, I'm a touring musician and I'm going to be on the road for six months this summer. I think it would be really cool to travel in a Westie. Is there anything you can do? And they were incredibly open to the idea. And they were just starting a new music program, essentially, where they were recording musicians inside their Westies and then putting them up on YouTube. And so they said, yeah, they were like, we would love to just give you a Westie for six months and you can tag us in some posts and talk about your experience and we'll call it good. And I was just blown away. (laughs) So I, I did, I took the van for six months and then at the end of the six months I had to give it back. And that was totally heartbreaking because it had absolutely become the most home that I had ever known on the road. And so I went back to the Buick for a little bit. And while I did that, I just saved up every penny I could until I was able to buy the van from Go Westie a little over a year ago. And now I just get to do that full time. That's amazing. (laughs) I remember when you got Ruby back and I was like, yay. (laughs) And I mean, she's played such a big part in one of your most recent albums. And it's just nice to see a good match with like a van and a van driver. It's just really cute. Yeah, there were a lot of happy tears. (laughs) It was definitely one of the best reunions I've ever experienced. not protest my wandering wits Ruby she was pretty as they come 28 years young and unafraid she gave me shelter on the coldest night shaded me on summer days and I had never known a place before but that's what Ruby I'm curious to know how you figure out where it is that you want to go and plan your tour. Do you do it based on what comes in or are you like, oh, I really want to be in this part of the States or this part of the country this season, you know, so what's around that I might be able to to play at? How does that work for you? It's a little bit of both. And honestly, it's kind of changing every year as I keep doing this, because in the very beginning You know, I knew I had to be on the road playing shows, but there was also so much of the country that I hadn't seen. So I kind of just picked out areas that I wanted to visit and would plan shows around that. And then as it's continued and as I've, you know, made more relationships with people on the road, it's kind of turning into more, I guess, waiting for things to come in and kind of adding anchor dates in certain areas or weddings has become a really big thing now that all my friends, I guess, are at the age of getting married. I've started, you know, planning dates around different weddings. Like right now we're up in Alaska doing a tour because some friends of ours were getting married. So it's kind of always changing. There is definitely that aspect of knowing what parts of the country now that I really want to be in, depending on the season. And then there's also 
seeing what venues will offer or what different people or events will offer that they want me to come sing at and then pinning the pieces together from there. We'll hear more from Ira, including a special song of hers we recorded live in Colorado, after this. I still remember the first time I saw a benchmark map. It was well after I hit the road. In fact, as I planned the transition to living in a camper, I used to stand in front of an atlas in my apartment, wondering where all the squiggly lines of back roads and boundaries for public lands were. I was getting ready to travel, but still felt like I was in the dark in a lot of ways. And while I sometimes like the unknown of road travel without a comprehensive map, it often helps to plan, or at least to be able to head down a back road with some additional information. One day, I pulled up to a camp spot in southern Utah, and some friendly campers began to give recommendations on where to travel to next. One of them pulled out a Utah Road and Recreation Atlas, and suddenly it all made sense. Benchmark Maps Road and Recreation Atlases come with all the information you need, like parks and monuments, campgrounds and RV parks, boating and fishing access, and more. So from the Rockies to the Pacific, you can always find adventure while you're en route. We spent the next hour looking at all the back roads in southern Utah, and I knew right away that these maps were a necessity for the road. But what I didn't know at the time was that benchmark maps are also field checked for accuracy. So when you start down a dirt road, you'll know someone from benchmark maps has already driven it themselves. Find their printed atlases and maps at your favorite outdoor stores. And if you order online at www.benchmarkmaps.com, use coupon code WOMENONTHEROAD for 20% off your order. That's www.benchmarkmaps.com and use coupon code WOMENONTHEROAD for 20% off. Aunt Fanny's makes worry-free cleaning products and essential oil-based pest solutions. Use as directed, all are pet safe, kid safe, and home safe, no matter if your home is on the road or in one place. One of the products I've been using most lately are Aunt Fanny's hand soaps. They're essential oil-based and probiotic, meaning that they don't contain any harsh chemicals that kill the good bacteria, about 100 billion microbes, that live on your skin. I recently got the creator and host of our sister podcast, She Explores, Gail Straub, on the phone to talk about the power behind using gentler soaps. Surprisingly, we had a lot to say about it. My environment changes all the time. Like I was in Utah last week and now I'm in Idaho. And every time I get in a car or go somewhere new, it's usually like a public park or something like that. Like our environments change a lot, even if we don't travel long distances, but especially when we do. That's just interesting to think about how it like impacts our whole internal ecosystem and our immune system and everything like that. Yeah. And you saying that, you know, what's kind of cool about that is that all those microbes make you stronger. So all of those from all those different environments can ultimately make you, you know, a healthier, stronger person. Well, exactly. And it was something that smells so nice, too. That was one of the things that surprised me about the Aunt Fanny soaps a lot was that for something that wields so much power for your body, um, it smells really, really nice because they're essential oil based. So I really like using them wherever I am. Yeah, I really like the smells too. And as someone with a sensitive nose, I like that they're not too strong. I put them in all my bathrooms and it's just like the right amount of gentle scent. Yeah, I was actually going to joke that I'm going to start taking them into public bathrooms when I'm on the road, but I actually might. <laughs> Learn more and see their entire line of products by heading to auntfannies.com. That's A-U-N-T-F-A-N-N-I-E-S.com. We're back with Ira. One of the questions I was dying to ask her was how it felt to be performing in the final round of the competition. And she was really honest with me. It was really nerve-wracking. I don't typically get a lot of stage fright or performance anxiety. I've been performing for 
pretty much my entire life. And so I guess that's kind of become a comfort zone for me. There's like three different things that cause me to get anxious or nervous before performing. And that's if I know I'm being recorded, if I know I'm being judged, and if I know that I'm sick. And I had all three of those factors going on this weekend, unfortunately. It kind of threw me out of my typical element, I think. And I was just really, really excited and a little elevation sick because we were in Telluride. It was just very overwhelming. Everything was very big and very beautiful and everyone was really talented. So it was a strange mental space for me. I mean, from the outside, you couldn't tell. (laughs) So that was, (laughs) I mean, I I knew when you said, I'm really sick, I was like, oh, no, but uh, you didn't sound sick. And also, it didn't ever come across to me as nerves, which was really cool to see. Because yeah, when you start off with over 300 entrants, and then it's down to the top 10, and then the top five, that starts to get your adrenaline pumping, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Adrenaline when you're trying to like, slowly pick like some sad, meaningful folk song is not ideal sometimes. Yeah, I was curious to ask you, how did you choose the music that you were going to play for the different rounds of the competition once you got to Telluride? So the way that they did the contest was you pick two songs for the first round, and then they pick what they believe are the top five performers from that round, and you move on to the second round, and you do a different two songs. And I chose the first two based on just what has performed well at shows and then also what's performed well online. So I chose to do Great Divide and Sunscreen, which are my top two played songs on Spotify and kind of seem to be like the crowd favorites at most of my shows. So I thought those would be a good place to start and hopefully get me into the second round at least. And then in the second round, I decided to do a song called Fickle Heart, which is one of the very first songs I ever wrote. And I'm not honestly sure why I chose that one, because I think I might have stronger songs than that, but that one really means a lot to me. And I think at that point, it wasn't as much about the contest, but just about kind of having a meaningful experience and sharing what I thought was important. And then I did a new song that my partner convinced me to test out called The Boat. And I'm glad it went over well. (laughs) Um, It's still a song in progress, but the second round was really tough to decide, actually, because at that point, I don't think I really expected to get into the second round, so I hadn't really prepared what I was going to share. I thought it was really gutsy that you did a song that you hadn't performed live for an audience before and something that's so new and especially where you've been coming very publicly. I know you've talked about your writer's block that you've been working through. So coming off of that and then breaking out with this new song during a competition, I thought was really brave. Thank you. It felt good. I think it was a nice way to kind of like approach my writer's block and maybe move past it and like reaffirm the fact that I'm still capable of writing songs and people still enjoy hearing them and that I just need to kind of get over myself and just write and just sing and stop thinking so much about it. Okay. Uh, my name is Ira Wolf. Uh, I live in a van. And um, I, uh, I, I, as you can imagine, living in a van over the winter is not ideal, so I decided to spend last winter uh, in South America, where it was much warmer. 
and uh, try and get through some writer's block that I've been dealing with. And so this is a, a brand new song. I haven't played this out before, and I figured this is probably the best place to vet it. <laughs> so uh, tell me if it sucks, and I'll quit working on it. <laughs> but uh, this is a new song. It's called The Boat. There was a boat drifting at sea Longing for shores that I've never seen And there was a storm that capsized me Led me a land just in your reach And you were a road fast to the ground Ready to hold anything down so we tied the knots onto the bow And we made a pact, we made a vow We could stay here, tethered to land No letting go, no looking back The days turned to years, the rocks turned to sand Suddenly I was turning with them And ever so slight, it started to fray And I felt the tide pull me away And somewhere between the crashing waves I was set free and I saw you break Cause I was a boat Meant for the sea Tied to a shore But I'm scared to leave But I need the space And I need the sky And I need to chase The rising lines I have to say Say and see what I find To prove that I can Leave you behind Now I'm just a boat Drifting at sea Missing the ropes Used to hold me But I am a boat That's all I'll be what has your writer's block been like for you the last couple years? Well, it's been a challenge. <laughs> I kind of got my songwriting start because of a breakup when I was about 20. And writing was a very therapeutic thing for me. It was kind of this way of saying a lot of things that I hadn't said out loud before, but putting them into a song so it wasn't quite as confrontational, I guess. It was maybe a little passive-aggressive of me, but it was kind of my way of like letting all these things go in the beginning. And then as I moved on from that relationship, I started writing about different experiences and traveling and missing home and a lot of themes of being on the road full-time. But it was still a lot of 
loneliness or I guess I tend to write more sad themes. And then for the last two years, things have been really, really good in my life. And I've had a really fantastic relationship and a supportive partner. And I'm just really in a good space, which is fantastic, but has been really, really hard to write about. I've never really done the like happy songwriting thing. So it's been kind of, yeah, just this, uh, this struggle to try new things and to find a new way of writing that I haven't really approached before. It sounds like it's just a totally new environment for you as a creative, like in a, a different emotional environment for you. That's interesting. And one thing that I found special about the boat, I mean, it was beautiful, you know, besides, but when you were introing it, you said that you had started writing it or maybe you had gotten it to where it is from your recent winter away. And, you know, while you were out, that was something that kind of came to you. So where were you? I decided to spend most of my winter in South America. So I left the van in California and then I started in Peru and then worked through Bolivia and down to Patagonia in Argentina. And I left my guitar behind and I tried to just kind of step away from music for a while to clear my head and ease the pressure of forcing myself to write. I think I get in this really stressed out mind frame thinking that I'm not writing and that just makes it worse. And so I kind of just went on this exploration by myself, doing some backpacking and exploring in hopes that it would maybe give me some kind of inspiration. And thankfully it worked a little bit. I was able to, yeah, start writing that new song without the guitar, just having some lyrics and getting some thoughts out on a little journal that I brought with me. And that was really helpful. That kind of, like I said, took the pressure off a little bit. I feel like when we take our comfort items away from us, you know, like the thing that we're always fiddling with or working on, or when you have your guitar, I imagine if you're going to be carrying it somewhere with you, you want to play it. You almost pressure yourself. So you really had that opportunity just to do whatever, like whoever Ira is when she's not with her guitar. Yeah, exactly. Being, you know, so connected to music for my entire life, it's really interesting for me to step away from music and like you said, kind of figure out who I am without it. I'm curious to know about how well what you're doing right now is financing your travels. So I actually have been pretty fortunate with finances in the last few years. I know a lot of independent musicians really disagree with the streaming setup that dominates the modern music world. I've actually had a really great experience with streaming platforms. A few years ago when I put out my second album, a few of those songs got placed on Spotify playlists, and that kind of put my career in a really different trajectory than it had been, and it started supplying this monthly income that I hadn't had before. And so now, where I used to rely solely on touring income, and I had to be on the road, and I had to play shows to pay my bills, I've been able to kind of relax a little bit and know that as long as my streaming royalties continue to do well, I can still tour as kind of a promotional thing, and I can be a little bit pickier about what shows I want to play and what ones really mean something to me, while still making a pretty decent living because of streaming. I feel very, very thankful <laughs> that, that it's gone that way. It takes a lot to stay on the road knowing that if I 
don't, I won't be able to pay my bills. And it kind of takes a lot of the fun away from it. And so it's been nice to get back to that space of like really enjoying being on the road and knowing that things are going to be okay, even if I don't play seven shows a week for four hours a night in a loud, rowdy bar. Yeah, well, and congratulations too, because I do feel like it might feel lucky to be placed on those playlists, but also like at the same time, you're super talented and you've been working at your craft for a long, long time. And so that's totally deserved and earned and just awesome. So congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I also am really honored that, you know, you said you get a little bit pickier with where you play because you don't have to be doing seven shows a week in a rowdy bar. And I'm so honored that you came out and did the Women on the Road gathering this last fall um, and got to play there. So what was that experience like for you? And was it different from other events that you've done before? That was such an incredible experience. And it was, yeah, definitely different from I would say most of the events that I play, I really enjoy traveler meetups, like the whole like van gathering thing that has started happening in the last few years is really fulfilling for me. I love meeting people that have this similar lifestyle because I feel like the way that I travel on the road is sometimes different from a lot of other van lifers or road lifers because it is so fast. Like I don't really get to stay in one place for very long. And so having these meetups where I get to meet other people that are doing the same thing is really, really special to me and helps me form a community that I sometimes feel I'm missing out on. And the Women on the Road meetup specifically was really, really special for me just because of the fact that it was female. Being surrounded by women who are doing this the same thing as me was really empowering and really motivating and just, yeah, really fulfilling. I felt like I made a lot of meaningful connections there and we were able to kind of talk about things that maybe aren't talked about at other meetups where there's a male presence. I felt like the women were just really open with each other and it, yeah, that was, I just was blown away by, by the experience of that weekend. It was really, really meaningful. Thank you for saying that. And I think everyone was blown away by you being there. So I'm glad that we're probably going to get you to come back. But <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned how different the environment can be when it's all like women and female identifying folks compared to just like a co-ed group. Yeah. Because I've had people ask me since like, what's the purpose of a women on the road gathering versus, you know, any other meetup? Like, why would you do a camp out for just women? Like, what's the difference? And I always go back to the very first night that I got in was which was actually the first night that you got in and the very first conversation that really we ever had at all <laughs> was around yeah it was around UTIs and whether people use their toilets in their vans if they have them and so I was like this is exactly why this event needs to happen so it was very validating the night before the event even started that it was just a, a nice way to kick things off. <laughs> Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. When I started traveling, it was as a solo woman on the road. And now I have a male partner with me pretty much all the time. And so it was kind of nice to step away from that. I think I've become so used to having my counterpart, which is a male influence, that being back around women and kind of talking about the unique experiences that women have in traveling, that was really special for me. 
Yeah, me too. And I'm glad you said that also because there are a lot of folks who see the women on the road community as being geared towards solo female travelers only. And I get the question a lot. Can I still be a part of this community even though I have a partner? Is that okay? And I can't say yes, 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 that's okay enough. It feels like I've had a male partner traveling with me most of the time that I've been on the road um, with like a six month gap. And so I feel like it is nice to get those reminders that, yeah, every woman's experience on the road is unique. And so it doesn't matter whether you travel with a male partner or not. To wrap things up, I asked Ira what advice she has for anyone out there listening who wants to pursue their passions on the road, be it in the music industry or otherwise. The best advice that you can get is just just do it. I know that it's a really scary leap, or at least it was for me, because I think we grow up with this expectation that, you know, you kind of have to have somewhere to land if you jump. You have to know where you're going to fall before you take a leap. And I didn't, (laughs) but I, I trusted, I guess, in myself and in the universe and in the people that I was going to meet, that if I left, it would land me somewhere great. And it really has. And I think having the moment of bravery to be able to do that was a really, really big thing for me. And I'm glad that I had people around me supporting that and know that if it doesn't work out, then that's totally fine. I've always been very into this idea of worst case scenario thinking, which is kind of a a funny thing for someone who's very happy. I tend to think worst case scenario most of the time, which means I kind of expect or I plan for if things don't go my way and the worst possible thing happens, what am I going to do in that situation? And in getting into music full time and going on the road full time, my worst case scenario was, you know, if people don't like me and if I don't make enough money and my car breaks down, then I'm going to go back home and I'm going to start over. And that's really not a bad worst case scenario at the end of the day. And I think we get caught up in this idea that if the worst happens, our life is over. And that's really not the case in most situations. And so think of your worst case scenario and realize that it's not going to be that bad and then just take the leap. Thank you so much to Ira Wolf for taking the time to chat with me for the show and for allowing us to enjoy your music on this episode. If you'd like to learn more about Ira, we highly recommend starting with Spotify. Find her by searching for Ira Wolf. And if you'd like to follow along on her road travels, you can follow her on Instagram at Ira Wolf Music. And if you really like Ira, consider coming to the Women on the Road campout this October. She'll be playing live music for all attendees. Speaking of which, don't forget to sign up for our newsletter on womenontheroadpodcast.com and be the first to hear about updates on when the campout tickets go live. We'll see you next week, but in the meantime, you can find us on social media. We're on Instagram at Women on the Road and on Facebook, including our Facebook group for community questions, stories, and support, which you can find by searching for Women on the Road Podcast. Also, if you want to support the show, we'd love for you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You could even share this episode with a friend or family member you think might like it. Thanks again to our sponsors, Benchmark Maps, Infinity Luxury Woven Vinyl Flooring, and Aunt Fanny's. We're very proud to say that the featured music for this episode is by Ira Wolf, with additional music by Jason Shaw and Josh Woodward. Women on the Road is a production of Ravel Creative. Until next time, we'll see you out there. <laughs>